<laughs> Welcome to Robots for Eyes, episode seven. I'm well, Tom. Hi. I'm Rob. How you all doing? Thanks for uh, sticking with us. Any shout outs, Rob? Um, not the usual Collins, I'd say. He's got it, you know, he's listening again. Number one fan. Yeah, number one. He's the main man. Um, contact us, facebook.com, stroke robots for, or slash robots for eyes, I think. But you'll find us if you Google it or whatever. <laughs> uh, robots for eyes at gmail.com as well if you want to email us. Let us know what you think. Right, today we're going deep into the world of UFOs. Nice. We're going to have a look um, at, at what, what, what they could possibly be, explore the theories, uh, and just general talk some mad stuff about aliens. Boop, so uh, get your uh, get your seatbelts on because it's it. going to get a bit weird. Buckle up. Right, the term UFOs, let's get into that then. An identified flying object is a military term and it was coined by a geezer called Edward J. Rupel in 1952. He was a he-, he was a head of the US Arm- the US Air Force Project Blue Book which was set up to investigate aerial sightings. So around this this particular time, um, the military were getting more um, planes up in the sky. We were starting to, you know, fly around a lot more and we were seeing ob- well the military was in, seeing objects in 52, you say. Well, this is... That's when, when he stuck that this Blue Book. Is, yeah, Project Blue Book was it, around 1952. And he was, when was the Roswell thing? Was that 1947. 1947. 1947. Um, yeah, so he, he basically uh, was head of um, the uh, Project Blue Book, which was set up by the military and, and the government to investigate UFOs. The name flying saucers were commonly used until Rupal was put in charge of investigations. Um, he changed the name from flying saucer to UFO because flying saucer is sort of a leading uh, name. It makes you think of a, of a saucer, but yeah. quite frequently they're not saucer shaped. So no, they can be a, all sorts of shapes, aren't they? Exactly. Uh... So, so he, he changed the name to, uh, to, to UFO. Um, the Project Blue Book contained 10,000 plus reports. Um, and it couldn't come up with uh, a definitive answer. So they, I mean, I suppose that they'll, they'd have to say there's, no, there's not a lot to it. But the fact that they were investigating it and there were t- 10,000 uh, plus reports means that they were, they were concerned about something. Yeah. There was something going on. And UFO doesn't mean alien no. It doesn't mean alien. It means unidentified flying objects. It could be a Russian thing. It could be so, something in America. It could be, could be a bloody... Some kids pumped up one of them little uh, yeah. bottle things and fired it up. It could be yeah, anything, it could, can it's, it? It's anything. It just doesn't mean identified. Or it could be, be aliens. Or it could be a, a meteorite. It, it could, could be anything, it really. Could, it could be a lot. Uh, it, I mean, the, t- the term UFO was, it was coined by the military. They came up with it as an acronym. So, so when people say that the UFOs don't exist, that there's nothing to it, they're wrong. They're yeah. wrong because the name UFO is military. Yeah. It came from a military source. So there is something to this. Yeah. Straight off the bat. Well, unidentified, for instance, like I say, it can mean anything, but that's them trying to figure out what it is. So it's, you know, it's, it's there's a big chance it could be aliens and a big chance it could be Russians. Well, if it was, if, if I mean, I've, I've got some, some cases that we'll, we'll go into. Yeah. Um, y- you'd think that it's just a misidentification of, of uh, enemy aircraft, but that, doesn't seem to be the case. These, whatever they were, they were picking up back then, um, were behaving in ways that they couldn't explain. They seemed to possess um, incredible manoeuvrability that uh, that we we can't do anything. We can't match that. We just cannot match it. Um, it uh, 
the term UFO is, is very worrying. It's worrying because it's an admission by the military back then that there were, and by all accounts still are, things flying through highly controlled airspace of many, if not all countries on the earth that are seemingly intelligently controlled and can outmaneuver our best technology, and we don't know what they are. It's crazy, isn't it? That is, that is essentially what is going on. It'd be, so, it'd be interesting if, if all governments had to show everything that was out that they knew of, which they didn't understand, how much info there would be, because there's loads already, but if there's... They've obviously got un- unclassified stuff, they won't tell people. But it'd be interesting to know how many more of them there are. Yeah, there's, well, I've tried to stick to military um, uh, cases in this. Yeah. Just to, so I don't know if that adds more credibility to it, but but it's come from a, uh, an official source. I imagine it would do, because if it's either a military training thing or, or an actual military attack, if something weird props up, they will t- say it as it is, not going to tell their uh, military leaders, are they, oh, it, I don't know, it could be this. They, they, will, they will have to do a very detailed survey on what happened. So I imagine it, 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 they are pretty, pretty legit, the military ones. There, there, is, there are more, I don't know whether they're more legit than, than Farmer Giles seeing something in the countryside. But, but the fact I, I would it, say they would be, because yeah. cause a lot of the time, if it's a military thing, it's a serious, whatever they're doing, even if it's training or if it's an actual attack, it's a serious moment and they have to report stuff through it. Anyway, they have to compromise their yeah. spaces, you know. Uh, it's unlikely that uh, an enemy aircraft, which whatever country you choose it to be from, would would um, would would fl- fly over missile, uh, you know, nuclear missile bases. I mean, that's very very dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's unlikely that anyone would do something crazy like that because that that's how you you cause real real uh definitely if they, if they know who what who they are who's doing it well the, the pilots then, the pilots themselves were saying that they are routinely being outmaneuvered they had weapons systems shut off radar would pick up the craft um and they carry the, the radar would pick up the craft doing seemingly impossible maneuvers uh, they were traveling at thousands of miles an hour they were spooked so this is sort of back in the 50s when we started to gain the technology to get into the skies, and we gaining the tech. We were developing the technology to scan the skies. We started to pick up these things. We didn't know what they were, but they were very, very, very powerful compared to us. Yeah. I mean, they they suspected it could have been um, uh, enemy, uh, as we, as we will discuss uh, in uh, in World War Two. But that wasn't the case. Um, no, th- th- there must be a point though. In, from obviously, for, well, even now. Th- you know, when something goes past and they go, that can't be from this earth, or, you know, that is so advanced, that cannot be uh, us at present. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we'll go into some uh, sightings later on. Some, I've, got, I've got three accounts which, I've, uh, which are quite quite amazing because they're coming from military sources with, with it, in-depth it, reports. Because when someone reports something or there's an incident, they don't just go, well, what did you, you know, we'll pass it, smooth over it. They have massive amounts of reports and paperwork and debriefing. So there's a big paper trial. They wouldn't do that for something that wasn't, they no. didn't think was legitimate. There's, there's that one footage um, a while ago, I want to say a while ago, probably about three years ago, about the, the missile. Have you, do you remember seeing that? Like a, like a, I'm not sure if it was a nuclear test or a missile test or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing sort of goes around. It's, it's obviously being fired through there and it's going whatever it's speed it is. It. And it just sort of goes around the tip of it and just somehow disables it and yeah. then disappears. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I know. It's mental. It makes you think, right, that, you know, is that a military thing that someone's invented and, and they're just saying that to cover it up because they don't want 
other countries to know about it? Or did that actually happen? And if that did happen, what the hell made it? What, what, What's what, going on? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Simple what, what are they trying to show us if yeah. that is the case? Yeah. Well, it's commonly thought that the UFO era started in 1947 when a pilot called Kenneth Arnold was flying over Washington and he saw nine crescent-shaped craft skipping through the air at speeds not available or achievable for the time. Um, it's not the case that it started in 1947. That was a very publicised case, but there were many cases before, uh, even going back into World War II, which had recently just ended. Um, in World War II, for example, Allied forces would regularly encounter strange craft on bombing runs over Germany. That They would outperform their aircraft at ease, seemingly at will. The craft would even disturb navigation equipment and weapon systems. They were well known through the Allied forces. And at the time, we thought we were encountering German, some sort of exotic German weapon, aircraft. It, you know, we, we assumed it was that. Yeah, but the thing is, when you're in a, a big war like a world war, you're going to assume that it's it's the enemy, aren't you? You're going to assume that they've got something, because if you don't assume that, and it is, you're going to get screwed over. Yeah. So, so the pilots would come back essentially during during the war, and they'd report uh, the bizarre encounters with seemingly impossible craft. Um, they assumed it was the Germans, like we said, but it was only after the war was over they realised through communications with the German Air Force that the objects encountered were not the Germans. We know this because the Germans were asking us what they were. They were saying, oh, the war's over. What the fuck are them things that are buzzing our aircraft? And we were going, hang on. Yeah, yeah, we thought that was you. Yeah, and that's also the case with the Japanese and the Soviets. Everybody thought that it was everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. There was. It seems to be that whatever this these things were, they were routinely buzzing and interfering with aircraft on all sides. Right, they were, okay, a, yeah. a, were a different party. They were a group of people or a group of entities. They were. A, it was something not, not on it's, any it's, side. It's like they've been what just simply being watched and being observed, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, we called them Foo Fighters. That's where the, the term Foo Fighter came from. Right. We, we've seen these things. We didn't know what they were. It's likely that the spike of sightings uh, around the war were not because of a sudden interest by them in us, whatever they are. Um, it's more likely that it's because we were flying in increasing numbers. Um, aircraft were becoming more and more common. We were spending increasing amounts of time in the sky, making encounters more probable. And that's, that's what the military thought anyway. Right. Um, now, what we'll do now is I will relate a, a story that I have found um, from the... Um, from from the Second World War, um, it's um, at the Battle of Brest in you know, Battle of Brest, yeah, in France. Um, a UFO was seen by two soldiers, uh, well, more than two. The, the two that came forward and put this submitted this report, they didn't want their names um, included, so we don't know who they are. But this is a, this is a genuine case. So this this is the type of stuff that forces on both sides were encountering in the Second World War. Yeah. And this, this is his testimony. He said, I saw the craft travelling no faster than a Piper Cub on a straight course. So a Piper Cub is a small aircraft. It's right. not going particularly quick. When I got over the shock of seeing this silent aircraft, I tapped Sergeant Ness on the shoulder, motioning for him to look. When he saw it, he simply stared at the phenomenon in awe. We were both so awed, we totally forgot the war. It was t- utterly awesome. He then goes on to say, I swear to God, it was the same as a railroad box cart. So it's basically like a train cab. Yeah. Squared cab flying. Um, he said it was rectangular, not cylindrical. 
It seemed five times as large as a railroad box cart. I looked closely for evidence of propellers, wings, or other protruding devices, but saw none on the three edges that were visible to us. There was absolutely no noise from it. It travelled at no more than 90 miles an hour. We had long enough to look at it before it vanished over the sea. Neither the Germans nor the American anti-aircraft batteries opened fire. Now that is interesting. It's interesting because... Nobody fired on it. Yeah. So the Germans were thinking, is this us? They weren't too sure, yeah. And then the, and the Americans or the Allied forces that were there were going, is, is this us? We don't know who this is. Yeah, so we everybody don't know, we haven't seen it, yeah. stopped shooting. It just went silent. They just watched this thing fly over. Like, what the fuck is that? Looking at Everyone's looking at each other going, <laughs> yeah, hang on. Do, yeah. Then when it flew out over the ocean, they went, as you were, boys. Yeah. And they just started killing Start each other again. Each other's head off again, yeah. It's, that's, that's why it's so fascinating that nobody engaged it and that... Nobody, nobody could pinpoint what it was. It was completely unknown. And it was like it was going through without... Because it wasn't, by the sound of it, doing anything. It was just going in one direction calmly. Um, it's like it wasn't involved at all whatsoever, which obviously it isn't. But, I mean, like it's to- tooted along like nothing's happening. Exactly. It's just observed. And everyone's just going, well, why is that just doing that? And they you can know? see it. Yeah, they can see it. Both sides saw it and both sides stopped shooting and they just simply watched it. Just watched it. That's crazy. In the yeah. middle of a war, a flying rectangle, silent, in the 40s, hovering over your head. Just, yeah, just going out to sea. Yeah, and at, the, at this po- a point in time, the aircraft crews in the skies all around the world that were involved in the war started to report weird events. So right. it, it does fit. So they, they're not just random balls of light. This is a solid, seemingly structured, silently moving rectangular craft in the 40s. Which just, nobody just knew what it was. Silently hovering along, basically. There's a lot of strange reports in that because people think that it, it, the, the UFO phenomenon started in the 40s. That's not the case. It's no. not the case. There's strange reports in ancient times. There's old paintings which seem to show a disc with what what appeared to be four lasers coming out and shining down to the ground onto a group of people. Um, and that 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 picture, that portrait, is called the Baptism of Christ. Right. Can, I, I think you, I know that yeah. picture. I think, yeah. You, 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 it's difficult to interpret that that picture as anything other than a disc with four lasers yeah. coming out. It it looks yeah, out it's of not, place. It's not like it's attached to a stick to the ground and it, they're saying it's a light or something that they've made or exactly. It's just a hovering craft, lasers coming out of it. There's there's um, another another painting from fucking ye old times that shows a, a form of well, you can only describe it as a craft with something in it flying through the sky. It seems strange that they would make up something back then off the top of their heads with no real information about anything that is commonly seen nowadays. Yeah. Is that a coincidence or or, or are we seeing the same thing that they saw? Yeah. Um, What's there, going on? There's, there's <laughs> cave paintings. There's, there's, there's yeah. Egyptian hieroglyphs. It appears whatever these things are, they have been seen since there have been people. There's, there's cave paintings. They've been say, around. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Isn't there? I don't know how true this one is. Isn't there one um, in Egypt which which is scribed into the wall by obviously hammer and chisel or something, and it's, it looks like a helicopter yeah. or something. Yeah, I do think about that, but I don't think aliens flew here in a helicopter. No, no. That's so what I mean, that's so. Do you think that? What do you think that would be if that was the case? I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I know that they. The, um, the stone carvings, they were sometimes um, 
routinely carved over again. Right, so it could have just been it someone. Could, yeah, it could it could have been that. Same with the paintings, you know, because yes. they found stuff behind pa- other paintings, haven't they? Um, which, which they thought was odd. Things like crafts and stuff. So from that, we know that this is not a new phenomenon. This yeah. is not something that started in the 40s, like most people believe. This has been around for thousands of years. Whatever this phenomenon is, people have been reporting, seeing things flying around in the sky for thousands of years. Yeah. So it didn't start in the 40s. So... We've established now that the military and governments of the world, were, cons- regardless of what they publicly say, they were concerned and rattled by what they were encountering, picking up on radar. They didn't know what it was. So we've, we've established that things were going on. Well, what could they be? There's some theories of what they could be. Um, here's a few theories. Number one, simple. They are, I say simple. It is what it, it appears to be. They are aliens travelling here from another star system. Skeptics doubt this because they say it would take thousands of years to get here from the nearest star due to the speed of light barrier um, and hundreds of thousands of years from further away. So if they were local to us, it would still take a shitload of time to get here. If they're even further afield, we're talking hundreds of thousands of years. And that's in our uh, only in our own galaxy. There's other galaxies, you know, you'd be talking millions and billions of years to travel at, at the speed of light, which is the maximum we can travel. Yeah. So it doesn't sound plausible to me. Um, By the way, the speed of light, just so you know, is 186,000 miles per second, right? (laughs) That's a very, very quick speed. You can get to the moon in two seconds. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, so so it's incredibly fast, but the distances we're talking are incredibly large. So even at that massive, massive speed, it will take... 50,000 years, you know, to go 50,000 light years. It's mental. It's, 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 the distances are... It's just a vast, vast space, isn't it? Well, that's it. The distances are, are, are enormous. But the, the problem with this is, what will we be capable of in a 1,000 years from now? I mean, if you look how far we have come in the last 50 years, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Now, if we, if we don't blow ourselves up, Good luck guessing what we're going to be like in a thousand years. Yeah, it's, you, you wouldn't be able to. No. I don't think you could. And, and aliens or potential advanced civilizations that could come here could be millions of years more advanced than us. Yeah. Billi- there could be billions of years yeah. more advanced than us. They would look, it'd be magic. It, you wouldn't be able to even describe or possibly even notice that they were there. It sounds silly, but, you know, you see on these sci-fi movies, you know, with um, Star Trek and teleportation, it could be something stupid like that. Or or you hear the thing um, where you can <clears throat> they can bend space yeah. to make it shorter distances and stuff. Well, if they're millions or if they're thousands, even hundreds of thousands of years older than us, uh, more advanced, uh, you know, what? What are they capable of? Anything they want, I would imagine. We, can't, we can't imagine years, it. They can do anything yeah. they want. And if they could do anything they want, if they literally have reality at their fingertips because they're so advanced, why would they be bothered to fly over here and look at these pink monkeys running around? Yeah. It doesn't exactly, make sense. Yeah. It's not like we're going to creep up on them and get them. Unless we're, we're the only ones. But that makes us special. And I don't think there's anything special about the human race. I don't think there's anything special really about the Earth. I think we just don't know enough about the universe to realise that there are a lot of other planets out there that have life or can can sustain it. There's nothing special with us. So number one, theory number one, they're just aliens flying here. But we've obviously discussed the speed of light barrier would hinder them somewhat unless they're using exotic technologies, which they probably will. Number two, this is a bit weird now. They are terrestrial craft 
being operated by a hidden civilization here on Earth. They may not be human and they may not be alien. They, right. They could be something. Uh, it could be. I mean, we're going. It's a like bit a wild. Club. Well, it could be like um, it, it could be a, a deep water intelligent aquatic animal. You know, you might crack a UFO open and it might seawater might pour out. But <laughs> a dolphin comes out. What the fuck's going yeah, on? That's, it's, it's a theory. I mean, these are all theories to just try and explain what yeah. we've seen. So it could be a terrestrial craft that is not human nor alien. Yeah, it's something else. Well, we don't know. Yeah. Um, there's another theory. Theory number three. They are. This is a bit mad. This one is. Uh, they are vehicles from our future descendants. No, <laughs> right, cool. That, why they would do this? Why would they come back? Is is utterly unknown. Let your imagination go wild. They could be coming back from the future to harvest genes for a dying civilization. They could be trying to alter the alter time to avoid a, a future catastrophe. Um, physics say physicians say it's, they say it's more likely that we are able to travel back in time than forward because you have to invent a t- I mean I don't you know I'm not a quantum physicist <laughs> yeah. but, but but yeah stabbing in the dark it seems that if you invent a time machine you can't travel forward because the time machine doesn't exist there but you yeah. can travel back because you up to the point where you have it yeah so as soon as you make it that is the f- the furthest point you can travel back to because anything past that it doesn't exist yeah so if you invent it Six months' time, you can travel back six months to the point that you invented the time machine yeah. and no further back. I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's more likely to tra- we can travel back than forward. So it's possible. It's possible. It's just we can't work it out. And these, these, these supposed grey aliens, they're very human. If you think about it, they've got two arms, two legs, and a head. I, I wonder why. If, if they were aliens coming down, right, why would they be coming here as in themselves? Why... why? Why would they... I would have thought if they're that advanced, they wouldn't want themselves to be on a planet just in case something bad happens what? to them. So like, like robots, like uh-huh. alien robots, because I, can't, I just can't see drones sort of thing. Maybe I just can't case. see why, why aliens would come down if they were that intelligent. They'd just go, we'll stay in, observe it from the, the robots. Yeah, it may, so that may speak. be the case. We don't know that they're here. No. So, I mean, okay, let's just say that it, it is alien. Let's just take that. We'll say it is. It could be like a but bio- doesn't necessarily mean that they're in it. Yeah, it could be like a bio. It could be anything. Bio robotic thing that it they could made be a or, conscious yeah. craft. Yeah, a conscious craft that can just maneuver and move around the universe as it as it wants and reports information back to a central I base. Can, I can uh-huh. see a group of aliens playing with the Xbox controller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving yeah. it to her from back. Why not? But the thing about the time traveling one is, if they um. If they could time travel, they're not coming back here for our technology because they've got a fucking time machine. Yeah, what can we that. offer them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. So that doesn't, that doesn't make, doesn't make sense. sense. So if they are coming back from the future, they're not after technology. They're no, after something, something else they that need. they can't yeah. get there. Yeah. I don't know. Like you say, it could be that the fact they're dying out or something and they need, like you say, a certain gene pool or they need... Um, it's a catastrophe. Know, it could be anything, could couldn't be anything. it? Yeah. Um, number four, they are an exotic form of space stroke terrestrial animal. It can remain hidden at will. Um, there's many problems with this because people have reported that UFOs are metal and they have landing gear and people have actually seen things get out of them and get back in. So I don't 
buy too much into the fact that it could be an exotic animal. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe it could be made of metal, like a lizard person. <laughs> but I don't see how um, how that could be the case. I mean, it could, I mean, it could be. I might be wrong. It might be an exotic animal. But Never know. Yeah. Well, in theory, it it is in a way because everything's an animal to us. Even aliens are an animal, really. Yeah. This this is my personal favourite. The next next theory. Right. I think this is the one that if if in my dumb mind makes more sense. Um, they are vehicles from another dimension. Um, I think if any scenario is more likely, it's going to be this one. Um, other dimensions may exist right here in this room right now and are totally undetectable and unreachable to us. And, and, and presently, we can't get there. And they're also utterly alien. No travelling huge distances from star systems. There's no problems with light barriers because they're already, already here. here. Yeah, it's just they're in a different reality, a different dimension. People describe the craft sometimes of just blinking out of existence. Now, I'm not saying I know how an alien starship yeah. would work. Yeah. But let's, let's flick from six, um, 6D to 3D. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Third I, dimension. I don't know how an alien spacecraft would work, but this just seems to hold... It seems more plausible that there are other dimensions that could potentially be inhabited by some form of intelligence. It doesn't even have to have a body. Yeah, It's just some form of intelligence. And it can access our reality from its reality instantaneously because it doesn't have to travel a distance. It's, it's already here. It could be the future selves, but in a different dimension, like I mean, you're saying. You never a- know. It could, be, it could be the same thing going on, just a different time scale and in a different dimension. Yeah, we, we, we have no idea what reality is really made up, made up of. So how can we say it's not possible for this to happen? It would be terribly close-minded. People commonly report that they see them and like they, they just disappear. Like I say, that doesn't sound... I mean, is it teleporting or is it just blinking out of our dimension, out of our reality and, exist and, and then reappearing in its own? Yeah. It just seems much cleaner a, a theory because you avoid having to travel massive distances because yeah. we routinely point up and go if they're coming from anywhere they're coming from the stars maybe not yeah maybe maybe like you say there's other dimensions well, other dimensions and there's lots of different things there you may, never know well maybe they are coming from the stars as well but they've yeah, yeah. it could be a combination of both uh, another theory they are non-physical manifestations of energy like a hologram uh, they seem solid, but may not be. They could be non-physical probes, not not bound by the laws of space and time. Um, physical laws that we know, they don't have to adhere to. Um, it's an interesting theory. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like almost like a hologram, an intelligent yeah. hologram. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like what I was saying. Like, why would you say? Why would you send if you were that intelligent and you didn't know what they were going to be like? The human race, obviously, they do. But I mean, is you you know they're erratic they could do bad stuff to why why would you send one of your own people when you're that intelligent if you can build a, a craft which can just float and hover around different areas and go millions of miles now whatever not millions of miles now you know what i mean yeah. just could, for us it's out of this world why would they send a, a live one of them over you well, know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's. It, I think you're right. We don't. I mean, we would send people out there if we could, but it's yeah, but we, the, we routinely send probes. Yeah, is that what well, they mean? Yeah, well, yeah. When you think about it, it could be the same thing. If it could be basically their version of probes, and yeah. they're just more intelligent, so they do. They've got their own sort of. They can actually move themselves and do whatever. 
Because I just don't see why they they would bring themselves to to this planet if they can travel all that distance. Why would they do that just in case something goes wrong? Yeah, it's more they like could... yeah. I mean, there's um, a lot of uh, you know famous scientists have said that if we ever do come in contact with something from another world, that it's going to be a machine. More likely, it's going to be some form of machine yeah, or some bio thing that they've made or something. Yeah, some biological robot. It may not actually be the uh, the 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 creator. I that can't you need. imagine it would be because they're obviously clever enough to do that, and I just can't see why they would do it. Why would they risk losing someone when they can send a machine? Mm. Like like if someone said to you, "Get in that plane and fly to the moon," or we could get a a you know, it could blow up or something could happen. They could shoot you. Or we'd send a robot up, which you we you can see everything there that they're seeing. Um, what would you go for? Exactly, you go for the first one first, question. and then yeah, simple as. So what we'll do now is we'll recount um, a couple of um, incidents uh, that have occurred. I've tried to make it as as military as I can to give it more credence. Um, this is one of the most famous military UFO encounters, and it's also one of the best, uh, most well-documented one. It occurred just after midnight on the 19th of September, 1978, when an unknown object entered restricted airspace over Tehran in Iran. The Imperial Iranian Air Force ordered a US-made Phantom uh, F-4-2 fighter jet to investigate Flying from 282 kilometers away, the uh, the captain, Captain Mohammed, noticed that at about 40 miles he could see he could see a big bright light 40 mile away. Um, as he got within 25 nautical miles, he lost all communication and instrumentation. Uh, Mohammed then, Captain Mohammed then, broke off his interception course. Uh, and was later forced to return to base. Uh, as he pulled away from the object, all functionality was restored to the jet. So as he approached it, it all just shut down, and he was yeah. like, fuck it, I can't, this is, I can't. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm flying, I'm flying blind. blind. I'm flying blind, I don't know, my engines are going to, I yeah. don't know, I, I don't know if I'm upside down, yeah, yeah. I'm pulling back. At this point, a second F-4 jet was launched, and this was uh, piloted by um, Lieutenant Parvis. As he closed Closed the object at Mach 1, so he's travelling at the speed of sound. The mysterious craft kept a steady pace ahead of him at a range of 25 nautical miles. Parvis witnessed a second smaller object detach from the primary object and close in on his position at high speed. So now he's seen... A, yeah. um, I mean, it could be a weapon. He doesn't know at this point. Yeah. Something has come out of and something, it's and it's him. coming towards him. He believed he was under attack, so he attempted to launch, at this point, a uh, Sidewinder missile, um, but as he did, he lost all control of the aircraft, all weapon systems shut down. It disabled everything. He took evasive action, uh, and the smaller object still pursued him. Before he decreased his speed and rejoined the larger object, he uh, had to take serious altitude changes. The craft appeared to just mock him it was easily yeah. keeping with him and then it returned back to the uh, the main the main object right so parvis uh, instrumentation returned to normal and he accelerated away he got out of there what he described was an object of alternating blue and green red and orange lights all flashing in sequence so rapid they could all be seen at once Parvis would later retire as an Air Force general, and in 2007, he reaffirmed at an American UFO conference that what he believed he saw was a vehicle not of this Earth. This is all backed up by ground observation. It even had um, radar reports, and people on the ground saw the craft. Right. 
it was witnessed yeah. by a lot of people. It's not just him, sort of thing. Yeah. So he, so that is a case there where we have clear reported documentation, many witnesses, and well, I'm assuming anyone that flies a fighter jet is um, a responsible person and not likely to oh, yeah, take to flights so. of fantasy. They're not, not going to lie in the air about something insane because that will, that could bring national panic to the armies and, and stuff. And it could also... It could also be all armed up then, won't they? So well, it, he's just got to say honestly what he sees all the time. He's got to... He has to, but he also... Why would you... If you were a young fighter pilot wanting to make inroads into the military, you want to you know be, be as good as you can, you wouldn't say that you saw something as mad as that unless you actually saw it. Yeah. Because if you didn't see it and you said that... There's risk of you sounding like a crazy person, and yeah. then they're not going to let just, you fly fucking jets. They'll just kick you, get into a mental home. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we have another another incident. This is um, on October the twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine, and this is uh, a, an ocean uh, incident from a boat. Um, sailors aboard the US uh, USS Memphis experienced something that none of them would forget. They were out of the flying. They were sailing out of Cape Canaveral. Their mission was to patrol the water perimeter around U.S. Space Command whenever the shuttle was on launch. So they they just patrol. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they're making sure there's no other uh, boats in because the shuttle would dump the boosters into the ocean. They're just making sure it's it's all clear. Yeah. So they were sailing around, minding their own business. No, it's a, sorry, it's a sub. So they're under the water, just patrolling, making sure everything's okay, no, no problems at all. That night, the sub was 150 miles off the coast of Florida, cruising at a depth of 500 feet. The sub began to experience electrical anomalies, uh, malfunctioning systems, and loss of navigation control. Now, this is a nuclear sub. Yeah. So this is serious now. Yeah. You, you, if you're having power issues and you've got nuclear reactors under the ocean with people on it. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? It's not, yeah. it's not, a, a, it's not a game. It's not a yeah. game. So they started to experience issues with the navigation uh, and uh, basically electrical systems. So the captain gave an order for an all-stop. Um, the captain ordered the nuclear sub to be shut down, uh, switch to diesel engines, and surface. So yeah. he was, like he was a rescue a bit thing. Yeah, Just get at like, them. Don't, yeah. we've got, there's something going on. Yeah. Shut the, shut the reactors it. down. Let's get to the surface on diesel, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, that's when it got interesting. Uh, once they were above the water... Um, they then saw in the rainy night, because it was, it was nighttime, the sky was illuminated bright red. They witnessed a large inverted V-shaped object hovering over the port side. Right? Yeah. So they have had... They're 500 feet under the, gra- under the water. All fucking hell's breaking loose. They, they're losing power. So they shut them down. They come to the surface. It's glowing red. And there's an inverted V hovering in the sky. Creepy, man. The captain ordered a distance measurement to be taken. Now, all this is documented because you can't shut a nuclear sub down no, no, and not tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. They're going to go, why, this, why the fuck was it turned off? It has yeah, to yeah. be good reason yeah, yeah. for you to do what you yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Effectively, almost Emergency talk. reason, yeah. Well, he's almost t- well, he has taken a US nuclear submarine offline. Yeah. So they're going to want to know why you did why, that. Why is it offline, yeah? So the captain, when they come to the surface, they saw this inverted V in the, and the night was glowing red. He ordered a distance measurement to be taken using a, razor, a laser range finder. It was determined that the object was 200 metres away from the sub at its closest point, but 1,000 metres away at its furthest point. So it was a big fucker, apparently. It was fucking enormous. Yeah. 
It was absolutely massive. Uh, it, it was over half a mile, you know, hovering silently, <laughs> affecting the reactors on the sub at yeah. a distance of 500 foot under the water. So Fucking at this hell. point, the object uh, made a, a half circle around the sub, passing across the stern, which caused all the electronic systems to go haywire. The sailors could easily see the rain being blotted out as it moved. So it was sh- shielding water falling out of the clouds. There was a dry patch under it. Yeah. So this thing was massive. Yeah. It was a big, big thing. This, as it moved, the, the sailors that, that observed it said it, the sea appeared to swell as it moved. It was like it was pulling the ocean up as it was, as it was coming across. Right. That's weird, that, that isn't, is, it? isn't it? Yeah. So it passed over uh, completely across their stern. The object grew brighter, uh, brighter and suddenly removed off, uh, moved off at an incredible speed. It just shot off. The sailors lost sight of the object within seconds. The submarine systems returned to normal. After a, a quick system check, the reactors were all turned back onto full power and the sub got back down under the wall and carried on with its, with its business. Um, when a debrief the following day, when at the brief, de- debrief the following day, the Air Force authorities um, attempted to explain away the sighting as an exploding weather satellite, which it, the, it's not. I don't even know how they can say that and, and for them to go, oh, okay. Exactly. And, and that <laughs> seems way too, too mental for that. They knew that what the captain said, that when, he, when they were witnessing it, they knew that it was not Russian. They yeah, knew it did, was not yeah. Russian. There was no way that this was anything that... If it is something that we've made, it's incredibly high-tech. Yeah. It's over half a mile long and floating in the sky. This is a not, not something that is a common occurrence, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So um, uh, we have another one. Uh, let me just scroll down to this. This is a... Um, it's, it's, it's a bit longer, this one is, but it's a very, very interesting case because uh, it's really up close and personal, this one. The, this is um, uh, around, it talks about a guy called Harold, Harold uh, Westendorf. He's 40 years old, uh, a father of three, a successful businessman, blah, 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 an avid pilot. Uh, he used to fly acrobatic aircraft and stunt um, flights. He was um, well-versed with, a lot of different types of aircraft. He knew what he was looking at regarding, you know, exotic aircraft uh, and just standard airframes. He knew what worked, what was possible. He, he's not a dummy, yeah. this guy. He knows what he's doing. Um, he says, uh, well, he, it's not what he says, this, this happened. He took off on his single-seater Piper Apache from the city of uh, Pelotas near the southernmost tip of Brazil on the morning of, the, of November the 5th, 1996. So it's quite a modern-ish case. It was a, a routine recreational flight that he's taken many, many times. On this occasion, he had only been in the air 12 minutes and was flying at an altitude of 5,000 feet over a large lake some five miles south of Pelotas when he saw ahead of him an enormous aerial object. He radioed Pelotas Tower and asked if they could see the object on, from the ground. They confirmed that the object was vid- visible to them on radar and visually. Right, yeah. So they can see it. Um, they actually asked him at this point, can you move closer in to have a look at this? And he decided to fly, to fly closer to it. He was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he maintains that he doesn't believe in UFOs. Uh, yeah, at this yeah. point, he said, I didn't, I didn't believe in them. So I, I had no reason to think that what I was doing could be dangerous. Yeah. He just didn't know what it was. He thought it yeah. was some mad electrical storm. So he, so he, he flew in yeah. at their request, minding his own business. Um, 
When he got closer to the object, he realised that in his 20 years of piloting experience, he had never seen anything like this before. Since he had done, obviously, stunt training, he was well-versed with aircraft. He knew what he was looking at. Um, he actually made several coloured drawings of the, um, of the object that he saw, yeah. uh, which we, you can look at after this. You know, he, yeah. he didn't have a, a camera, so he, he just did it from memory. Um, he drew, it, drew the object with his plane uh, next to it for a size comparison, so yeah. you can see how big this thing was. He described the object as a cone flat on the bottom with a rounded point on top, on each side of the cone were eight or ten sloping side panels with where there, where there were three large bulges, like triangle-shaped bay windows on the side of a house, but they didn't look like windows. The entire surface of the craft was brown in colour. The structure was about 70 metres high and about 100 metres in diameter, big enough to fill an entire football stadium if it landed. His own plane was only six meters wide, so you could imagine what that fucking yeah. thing looked yeah, like. Yeah. Now this is on compared to that thing, didn't it? He's yeah, yeah. So they're watching him fly over to this thing. They can see it. Uh, he said he sp- he spent, uh, according to radar and ground observations and, and his own testimony, he spent between twelve and fourteen minutes in close proximity to this object. He was trying to see as much as he could. Although the Pilatus Air Tower does not have radar, apparently. He believes the airport tracked the whole thing, right? Because they were ordering him over to it. They didn't. They could see it, so get over there. Um, the object, he says, was spinning around slowly and moving southeast towards the nearby sea, sea coast at a, at a speed of about sixty miles an hour. Westendorf, West, yeah, Westendorf managed to fly entirely around the base of the object three times, and at one point, his wing was n- only forty meters away. So at this point now, you, you try and imagine it, he's, he's flown over to a giant cone in the sky, and he's he's it's not it doesn't seem to have wings. No, it's got, there's no sound. There's there's it's hovering at sixty mile an hour, yeah. which isn't fast either, is it? So it's you know exactly. So he's observing this thing going, and it's what? not it's not done anything to him. Like, you know, like the other one where it's no, no, no. His, he's just letting him well, letting him do it. It may it may not have known he was there. Yeah, or or it didn't give a fuck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't yeah, care. Yeah, he just yeah. did a flying wooden aeroplane yeah, at six yeah, metres wide. Yeah, just out the sky if it pisses me off. Yeah. After the third lap around the object, Wessendorf noticed that the rounded top of the cone seemed to disappear inside. So the top of this cone just descended and went back inside. And at this point, a, what he described as a classic flying saucer rose out the top of the craft sidewards. So it's not flat, it's sidewards. So it's come out along its axis vertically until it cleared the top of the cone-shaped object. It then tipped over to assume normal orientation and departed at a tremendous speed. He estimates that the disc was 10 metres in diameter. It was nearly twi- nearly twice as wide as his own plane. Yeah. So even the smaller craft is... It's still ne- double the size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, sh- it, fl- it shot off, and he, he estimates it went from zero to Mach 10 instantly. Mach 10 is 10 times the speed of sound. And it See, did that. Yeah. It just went boom and shot off instantly. For, for an object 10 metres wide to have a propulsion system that can accelerate it from nothing to Mach 10 would you instantly. Cla- yeah, would you class it as acceleration? Because it's instantly there, isn't it? I don't it's, know. You know. I mean, it's just like, it's there instantly. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, 
It doesn't make any sense. No. It, it, I mean, it really doesn't. From the from the laws of physics and stuff, it, it shouldn't be able to do that. The whole time this was happening, the the, the, the Minecraft and, and the little one showed no interest in him, even though he was at one point only 40 metres away, flying around it. He was just whizzing around it, buzzing it. So it must have been aware. Yeah. It must have been aware. But he just didn't care. Wasn't bothered. Was yeah. it doing it to show him? Yeah, maybe he was just going to have a look. Flexing its muscles. Yeah, exactly. As soon as it disappeared, um, he tried to f- actually fly over the top of the cone. Uh, he said he did this. Uh, well, the, br- the Brazilian media said that he did it because he wanted to fly his plane inside. Into it, yeah, but yeah. he said, no, it's bollocks. I, I, all I wanted to do was get up to see what and, what, and see if I could see what in, was inside yeah. it. So we're not talking now. You've got to sort of imagine this in your mind. If he w- was trying to fly over a, a 100 meter wide cone in the sky to look inside it, the amount of detail that this man is seeing must be incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's seeing what he says. I mean, it's too detailed for it to be, oh, it was a bit of haze. You know, yeah, yeah. He's seen a disc He's seen out. all sorts of stuff, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, to, to try and achieve this, he, uh, he had to get more altitude, so he flew his plane several hundred metres away from the object, turned it around, and began a steep climb to get towards up, yeah. it. Yep, so he took, took a run up, took a steep climb, and he noticed as he turned around that the object was now rotating much, much faster, uh, and he saw brilliant beams of red light shooting out the top of the objects towards the sky. He then said he quickly abandoned his plans to fly over the top. I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> Th- this was witnessed by people on the ground. Okay. So they're just, I think it was on a beach, people were watching a cone with a little, fi- a little Piper, whatever it was, cub, tiny yeah, single-seater, yeah. Little aeroplane flying around uh, a giant spinning top that's yeah. spitting out discs that can travel to Mach 10 instantly. Yeah. He's sitting on the beach watching that. It's like driving a Vauxhall Nova. He said, then to his amazement, the object rose straight up at tremendous speeds. He said, this is the first time he was concerned. He said he, was, he knew that the object's rapid acceleration might produce a shockwave of turbulence that could overwhelm his tiny little plane. As a trained pilot, he knew that air traffic controllers recommend that you stay at least three minutes behind a large aircraft to avoid turbulence. He estimated that this cone object will probably weigh at least three times as much as a Boeing 747 jumbo jet. So its shockwave would be huge. Yeah. The, 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 the wave of energy that this thing would displace as it shot off would be well, massive. Especially yeah, if it can go Mach 10 or something. Exactly. He, so he said he began, as soon as it f- f- shot up, he was like, oh, shit, I know what's coming. It's going to yeah. be a massive shockwave. So he started emergency procedures with his craft in case it went into a towel spin or a stall. He said, but to his surprise, nothing happened. There was no turbulence, nothing. He said, it that's just, not possible. Yeah. There's no, well, yeah. Unless it wasn't touching the air, it's not or it, or it wasn't there, maybe if it was some sort of hologram. That's the only way yeah. it could not affect him, unless there's some crazy physics going on that we're just not... Yeah. not Something which isn't engine-propelled, which needs the force to go. It just just can. It just gets to where it wants to without anything. Exactly. Um, at this point, Pelotas Air Tower uh, controller told him to contact government-controlled air defence systems radar. Doing so, he asked the radar if they could see what was happening to him, if they could pick it up. Um, they said they couldn't see anything. He then called a second time, identifying himself by the transponder number of his own aircraft, and then asked them again if they could see anything. So what he's saying is, he said, right, I'm up here. Can, can you see it? And they said, no. And he's like, are you sure? No, no, we can't see it. 
He got off the phone. He was like, maybe they're looking at the radio. I got off the radio. Maybe they're looking at the wrong aircraft. So we yeah. gave them the transponder number. And now this is the number I'm at. Yeah, this, this is, is me. where I am. Yeah. Look here. And yeah. they still, they still said they couldn't see him. Um, he called a total of four times. Finally, the radar tower told him that they showed no air traffic at all anywhere within 200 nautical miles of his present of his position. Um, he thinks that's bollocks. Because there's airports closer yeah. than 200 miles. So there must have been other aircraft in the sky. So for them to say, no, you, there's nothing there, he knows that's a lie anyway. Yeah. yeah. He suspects. It's like they, they know something and they're just trying to cover it up themselves a little bit. They don't know what it is, but they don't want it to get out, basically. Exactly. So meanwhile, people in, Pel- in the Pelotas Air Tower will watch the whole entire account. And even, like I say, even some babies on the, on the beach were able to see the manoeuvres of his plane uh, and the manoeuvres of, of both of, the, uh, of the, these UFOs. So this was being witnessed by a lot of people. Um, at the time, there was a thick layer of clouds above his position. Um, the object, when it shot off, went through the cloud cover. He decided to fly up and see if it was possible. So he went up through the clouds and he emerged at about 10,000 feet and the object was not there. Okay. It was gone. It was gone. It was gone. So we have... Multiple, we have one extreme close up witness who was 40 meters away from it, describing in, in detail. I mean, there's more detail, but I I've, I've, I've just haven't put it all in because it, it just takes too long. Yeah. So he, he's seeing something at close range. There are other people on the ground that know nothing about it that are just chilling on the beach and they're going, What the? Yeah, What's the that? that? Yeah. Meanwhile, the air tower's seeing it as well. Everybody's seeing this thing yeah. and it's shot off. So when people say that these things, don't happen and that they don't exist. It's not the case. No. They're wrong. These things do happen. I'm not saying that it's it's alien. It is UFO, unidentified. Yeah. But, but what could it be? Because it's clearly yeah. something. Yeah. Well, if, if it didn't prop up on a radar or anything, um, like you were saying, that kind of could bring into theory the hologram one. Yeah, it could in, be. In theory, hologram won't appear on a radar. No. So... You can see something, but it's not actually there. A non-physical craft. Yeah. <laughs> non- so that brings in that other theory you, you were talking about earlier on, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's just very puzzling. Um, you know, there's open admissions from, from within the military that these things exist. That, yeah. that they don't know what... The, I mean, do they, what, do they know what they are? Do, or do they, is it a case that they, they know that they're there and they can't tell us because they don't know? I, I, I think... I, I, I honestly think they don't know. Mm. That's what I think. Because I, I, if it's no threat to us, which it isn't, because it, it hasn't be. been yet, then I can't see why they would hide it, um, except for the fact that maybe they want that technology and they don't want other countries to have it. That's all I can think of why they try and hide it. Really, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm on the opinion that. Um, if they were to say, "Oh yeah, stuff routinely does fly through our airspace, and we have no idea what it is." that would make them look like fools because people are going to go, well, you're the government. Yeah. You know what everything is, apparently. What are they? And if they go, oh, we don't know. We don't they're know what they there. are. They don't appear to be aggressive, but, but they're, they're there. Then, yeah. And it would panic people as Where well, especially when people who are doing um, flights or anything, they'll go, what if this thing appears? And they'll just sheer panic, you know well, what I mean? Th- think of the barrage. Even though it's not going to do anything to you. Exactly. Well, think of the questions. What, what is it? We, we don't know. It's just something that appears. Well, where does it come from? We don't know. Yeah. What, is there anything you do know? Um, no, not really. Yeah, what, what are you com- doing then? Yeah, it's yeah. a complete riddle. Yeah. It's, it's a very intriguing aspect of, um, of um, 
of, of the military when it comes to, to how they deal with these things because they can't just ignore it, but they don't want to sort of admit that it's there, but there's yeah. not really much they can do other than admit that weird things happen. It'd be interesting with those five theories yeah. you said, if you put that towards the military and they had to answer, which one do you think they would go for? Ugh, they'd probably they'd put another one in and just say, unknown. What, what if they couldn't? Uh, if they couldn't, and they had, uh-huh. even even if it's wrong, but they think that's that's the closest to it. Which one do you think they would go for? I, I, don't, I literally don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, it could be any. It could be a number of things. It yeah. could be something that we are, are so beyond our concept, uh, the way our, we can possibly even imagine. It might be not possible possible for us to even understand what it is. No, it might not even. It might be something so radical that we can't comprehend it. That's why it we could, don't know what it is. It could be something stupid, just like a just an energy which gets into which for some reason hits someone and they can see this or you know what I mean you just don't know, do you? It could it be, be hallucinations. It could all be bullshit. Yeah, but but I don't think the reason. Why no, I, I don't. I don't think. Okay, there are going to be a lot of bullshit stories, but the amount of shit on it, there's definitely something to it. There's definitely shit happening and people don't know about floating around in the skies. Definitely. There has to be. If you, like I say, if you just ignore anything that civilians say and you go straight to the, the regimented, strict guidelines of military personnel, yeah. and if they're saying, fucking hell. What the hell was that? What the fuck's that? So they've got a report on everything they see. They can't just go look, flying away, I don't know, to some country to attack them and then three UFOs fly around them like 17 times, about 400 mile an hour quicker than what they're going. They can't just go, well, just ignore that. We won't tell them. Yeah, yeah. And carry on. Because that's... That's that could be dangerous. Well, they've 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 shut military. Um, they've set, they've flown over n- um, nuclear weapons uh, uh, bases and, and and shut down all the guidance equipment with lasers on the on on the missiles. Yeah. That's been witnessed before. They, there's definitely a, a lot of. I would imagine um, if if you could if you could access it, I would imagine there's a lot of a lot of pictures and and video footage of these things whether they've actually ever got one i don't know i find the, the, the roswell thing you know a disc crashed i don't know man no really I, yeah yeah did they crash and if they did crash why didn't they come back and pick up the fucking shit so we couldn't get hold of it yeah so, so you ever, yeah exactly you know you'd think there'd be if there's been so many sightings you'd think them well, the thing is they you don't know how intelligent they are. They might not ever have a technical problem because they're just that intelligent. Yeah. There must be something which goes tits up for them. It's got to be. They, yeah, you know what I mean? And if it crashes, then it's, it's there, isn't it? Well, it's interesting because if you think about when we... Uh, when, what's that, when the, the Americans got, went into the Bin Laden compound and they crashed that, that helicopter. Well, they hit, well, I don't know what the fuck. They hit the wall <laughs> or something. It was a disaster, that was. Yeah, it? It crashed yeah. it. We were all quack. And they blew, blew it up. Yeah, they blew, they blew, the blew it up. up. Yeah. They blew it up because they didn't want anyone to see the technology that they had. Now, if you're travelling from another dimension or another star system and you crash your disc in the desert and it kills everybody... Unless you're the only one in the vicinity, which is doubtful, I would imagine there would be a a lot of fuss to try and keep this hidden from the humans. Yeah, we don't. It, I mean, or they don't care if we see them or not. It's we've got no relevance to them. Yeah, but yeah. fuck it, I don't care if they see us. Yeah. What are they going to do? Can't do anything. It doesn't make sense that no. they would have left the, the people, yeah, the bodies. That's the problem with that Roswell thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it's they so say there was a body and there was this and that, right? But yeah, like you say, they. If if the Americans are doing it for helicopters and stuff, they don't, they'll be the same for it. They don't want us to have their stuff. Well, exactly. If you had an interstellar starship crash in the desert, I'm pretty sure they'd try and get the, the whoever sent that craft would do their. But maybe the we're utmost. just maybe we're just thinking like humans though, because exactly. we are. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? They might not think anything like they might not think <laughs> for all we know. They might it might they're, just do rather than anything. So it, we're looking at things from a human's point of view, aren't we? You yeah. know what I mean? When really to them, they could be sitting down watching us drinking cups of tea or whatever and going, What the hell? What the fuck are yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's this shit about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Them, they it's might. not. It's not. It's not. Um, it's alien to them. So they 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 will think differently to us. That's so. it. I think in the instance that if it ever did occur or was proven or was was a reality, I don't think we can comprehend how alien this is actually going to yes. be. It's like there's there's that uh, interesting thing, isn't it? Uh, they reckon if a lion could talk English, it you wouldn't be able to understand. Well, no, what doesn't it think like us. So so yeah yeah so you know exactly it's it's completely different species. It's, it's yeah. not going to. Be logically thinking like how we logically think because exactly. we're different species. Well, I mean, we're assuming we're assuming that the what if, I mean, if we're really gonna, you know, we've talked about fucking UFOs, so we're obviously talking about crazy stuff. But let's yeah. just entertain the fact that it's real. Well, well, we we're assuming that these, if they are inhabit, if they've got pilots, we're assuming that they're they're individuals. Yeah. They may not. They might be like a, a form of extremely advanced ants. They might be a hive mind. Yeah. They so, might yeah. not have any individual um, feelings or thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Independence. You're yeah. Like, well, there's no such thing as independence because I'm part of a giant Yeah, we all group. think the same. Yeah. yeah. So if I... At if the same I, time. Yeah. Like an ant, if you take an ant away, it, it just it's useless. Yeah. But as a whole, the whole thing is immense. Yeah. Maybe it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, how could you talk to something that... It, but once again, though, we're relate, relating it. I suppose it's the only way you do do it. You're relating it to things that we know when we don't know aliens really exist. And if they do, I highly doubt that they will think in any way or do things any way that we do. Yeah. So it's... It's, it's, it's alien. Yeah, it's alien. It's, it's what it is. A, yeah. It's alien. But like like we've just discussed, we, we'll obviously look into, um, into cases where people have allegedly, uh, you know, encountered occupants of of whatever these things are but f- as far as we're concerned for this episode um we've covered just just what the craft look like we, we're not even really aware that there is an occupant no it could be a conscious probe it yeah. might just be a really intelligent craft yeah. that knows where it is and or it could be bullshit you or, just don't know yeah it could all be bullshit yeah. or it could be a real great spin-off on the military yeah there are aliens around yeah, put, yeah. put that out there so people think it's ufos when really it's us yeah. fucking about with some special weaponry Make yeah. them think it's something else, but it's the right sources to go to the military because that's they're not going to lie about shit when they've if they like saying if they come across a craft which is just doing all sorts of shit around them they're not going to ignore it and not yeah. tell anyone. They go, oh, ten years down the line, oh fuck me, I forgot to tell you about this thing. You know what I mean? They're not they're going to instantly report back. I think most of them anyway report back on every journey they do. Yeah, so well, they'll they do, say yeah. this take this took me forty four minutes and I went south of whatever on this long, longitude and altitude. They have to report everything back anyway, so it's it's the most reliable sort of source for a UFO information. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and if you there's been like I said, Project Blue Book, there was over ten thousand cases. Ten thousand cases. All it takes is one case to be real. One case. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's proven that a pilot or uh, you know somebody that's reputable sees something that is truly structured craft behaving in ways which we can't describe and it is against all the laws of physics as we know only takes one of them to occur and even if it occurred once in the 1950s and hasn't occurred since that's scary well that yeah well it it is because it just proves 
uh, that there's there's something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only has to happen once. Even though it would have happened, say, 70 years ago, you know what I mean? It proves that something is there and is intelligent and is flying about, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? but, but what it is, who knows? Yeah. So I, I prefer the, uh, the the theory that it's potentially, like I said, potentially something from a different dimension because yeah. it seems it just seems cleaner. You don't have to try. I don't know what a fucking advanced civilization is capable of, but let's say you can't travel faster than the speed of light. But but could could you put as well, like you were saying, they could be from all sorts of areas as well as the same place and dimensions, right? If in a different dimension, could could speed of light not exist? Well, and you can just appear in places, you know. Yeah. Well, how many dimensions do you reckon there are? Twelve, is it? Twelve or sixteen, they reckon. A lot, yeah. But I think it's, it's a lot of these dimensions that they talk about. Um, that they're, they're, they're like infinitely small yeah. dimensions. That doesn't mean they're not inhabited. It just, to me, it just sounds like that. If you're saying it's infinitely small, is it possible to fly a giant craft that's a hundred meters wide through an infinitely small dimension? We're going into the realms of fucking really far out <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But 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 you have to. If you're gonna even discuss the probability of of a ufo being something that is not human you then have to entertain these crazy ideas and they may not be crazy they yeah. just sound they crazy just sound crazy because we don't know because we don't know yeah. uh, maybe in a hundred years time we can access other dimensions and go oh, yeah fucking hell right. we can yeah. move around quite easily there's dimensions that don't have time we can go in them and not age yeah we don't know yeah, we, yeah exactly we just don't have a clue do we, we don't until, know until we figure it out we won't know. And it's the same with anything. Victorians used to say that um, it was impossible that rocks fell out of the sky when meteorites come down because yeah. rocks are heavier. Where are they coming yeah. from? It's impossible. Their perspective was... Our, our perspective is much different to them. We now know, oh, you go up there and you're actually in a void, an infinite void. Yeah. So stuff can fall out of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds mad, but it can. They didn't know that. Yeah. That's so that's it. that's basically it for this episode, I think. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up at that. Um, contact us on uh, Facebook at um, uh, Robots for Eyes Podcast and um, robotsforeyes at gmail.com. Yeah, man. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, let us know what you think. Yeah. And on to the next one. Yeah. See you next week, people. See you later. Bye.